Paul's prayer for the believers in Ephesus and Paul's prayer for me and you was this. Listen carefully. That we may comprehend the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. As I re-examined that verse this week, I said to myself, I said, Self, how long is God's love? I mean, when did God first start loving me? He knew me, yet He loved me. When did He first start loving me? Well, it never started because it always existed. Well, when will God's love stop? Never, praise the Lord. He will always love me. The length of God's love stretches back beyond your farthest thought and stretches forward beyond your wildest dream. It never stops. And it has always been there. Then I said to myself, I said, Self, how wide is the love of God? Well, it's wider than the world. It's wider than the entire universe. He loved the Pharisees and he loved that adultery, that woman who was caught in adultery. He loved Pontius Pilate who crucified him. He loved Adolf Hitler who murdered millions. He loved sinners. Why, he even loves you. Then I said to myself, I said, self, how deep is the love of God? Well, his love sunk from the glory of heaven all the way down to a grave on earth. He saved the righteous saint and he saved the wretched sinner that stands before you this morning. How deep is the love of God? Well, when you think you found bottom, his love goes deeper than that. And then I said, well, self, how high is the love of God? Well, he loves us all the way to heaven, praise the Lord. In John 14, 3, he said, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may also be. He wants us all in heaven. Friend, there is no length he won't go, no width he won't search, no depth he won't dive, no height he won't climb in order to pour out his love on you. His love is as big as the cross. And it includes every one of us. Because God is love. Because He is love, the most important message that we should glean from this life, the most important message that God wants us to get is that love simply isn't a Christian message it's the Christian message. It's a message that God loves us. And it's a message that He showed His love on a cross like that. As we continue starting over this year, I'm praying that you're going to join me with a burden. I pray that you will accept the burden that I have accepted, and this is the burden. 
The burden is that you will declare to every single person you know sometime this year that God loves them. Will you accept the burden to tell everybody you know that God loves every individual person on the face of this planet? It doesn't matter who you are and it doesn't matter what you've done. My prayer for you is that you will accept that burden. Now, two weeks ago, we began this monumental task of trying to describe God's love. And even though I think we're unable to fully understand the full scope of God's love, I do know that he has revealed it to us in ways that we can understand. So in what ways has God described or revealed his love for us in ways that we can understand? We began with God saying to us, my love for you is unprompted. Our own personal experiences about love teach us that as long as I act right, live right, and look right, then people will love me. But God's love is not like that. God's love is simply love because He is God. And He doesn't need you to do anything in order for Him to love you. God adores you and His love is unprompted. But He also says to you, your Father in Heaven says to you this morning, my love for you is unreasonable. In human terms, God's love is beyond all reason. Humanly speaking, God's love just doesn't make sense. It is totally irrational. I mean, who in the world would love someone who dislikes you, even hates you? But God's love is unreasonable. Your Father in Heaven also wants you to know this morning that my love for you is unending. God has existed always, and He will always exist. And God's love is eternal just like He is. Jeremiah chapter 31, the Lord Himself tells us, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. I want you to know this morning that the reason you're here is because you have been drawn by a God who loves you and that His love is unending. So today we're going to continue describing this unprompted, unreasonable, unending love. And once again, I want you to hear your Father in Heaven say to you, my love for you is unlimited. It's unlimited. In describing God's love, we find something else that doesn't make sense. We find something else that is irrational, that it, it just outside the, the realm of human thinking, and that is that His love is unlimited. We know that God is far beyond us. Isaiah tells us in the Bible that His ways are beyond our ways and His thoughts are far beyond our thoughts. But then in Acts 17, the Bible also tells us this. He is not far from each one of us. 
For in him we live and move and have our being. Since God is both beyond us and beside us, then guess what? His love is also existing beyond you, beside you, even within you. Now, in Psalm 139, in verse 7, the Bible tells us that God is everywhere always. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere always. But what is true of God is also true of his love. Now, in this simple exercise of Psalm 139, what I'm going to do is I'm going to replace some other expressions about God with the word love. Follow along with me in Psalm 139, beginning in verse 7. Where can I go from your love, O God? Or where can I flee from your love? If I ascend into heaven, your love is there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, your love is there. If I take wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your love shall lead me, and your love shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me, indeed the darkness shall not hide from your love. You see, friends, there are so many people who are convinced that they have wandered beyond the reach of God's love. What a horrible place to be. They say things like, God could never love me because blank. God could never love me because whatever it is in your life. But I'm here to tell you this morning the truth of the matter. That no matter how you choose to fill in that blank, it's the wrong answer. The whole phrase, God could never love me, is totally a false suggestion. It's just not possible. But when we seek the love of other people, we factor in some things. When we seek the love from other people, we factor in what we think is necessary to earn that love. But God's math don't work like that. God's math is different from human math because when you add all of your flaws, when you add all of your sin, when you add all of your shortcoming, and you couple that with uh, this conclusion that God could not possibly love me because of my flaws, God says, I love you anyway. God's love for you is unlimited. His answer is, I love you anyway. But the Father in heaven wants you to know something else this morning. And that is, my love for you is unchanging. In a world that moves and shifts and changes so quickly, it's good to know that there's one constant in the universe. 
And that one constant in the universe is the character of God. God said, and through his prophet Malachi, one of our children, Haley Ellis, uh, pronounces it Malachi. Amen. Malachi says, I am the Lord, I do not change. A psalmist wrote, The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of His heart to all generations. Another psalmist wrote, You are the same, and your years have no end. Hebrews chapter 13 reminds us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What a wonderful thought that God Almighty doesn't change. What a wonderful thought that because God is unchanging, guess what else is unchanging? His love for you. It's unchanging. Preacher John Piper wrote in a book, some people joke about marriage, saying the honeymoon is over. Anybody ever said that or heard that? The honeymoon's over. Well, why do we say that? Well, we say that because we as human beings are unable to keep up that honeymoon level of intensity. We say that because we as human beings are unable to keep up that honeymoon level of affection. We can't foresee all those irritations that our spouse causes in our life. We can't see all those little idiosyncrasies that get on our nerves. We can't see all the things that make it difficult to live with another imperfect person. I can't stay as fit and handsome as I was once. Amen? I'm getting older. I'm getting saggier. I'm getting uglier. I just can't stay as fit and handsome as I once was. I can't come up with enough new stuff. I can't come up with enough new things in my marriage to keep that relationship fresh. But the two greatest words in the Bible are, but God. But God. But God in His joy for His people Loves treating his bride as a bridegroom treats his new bride. God, but God, loves treating us as a newlywed bride. He loves treating us with that honeymoon intensity. He loves treating us with that honeymoon pleasure, that honeymoon energy, that honeymoon excitement, that honeymoon enthusiasm, that honeymoon enjoyment. And it never stops. And it never loses intensity. God desperately wants me and you to know that, that He loves you. And He loves you with all His heart. And that's unchanging. You see, with God, the honeymoon never ends. 
The honeymoon never ends. God has absolutely no problem sustaining a honeymoon level of intensity in his relationship and feelings for you. God has absolutely no problem foreseeing all of my weird ways and quirks. And there are tons of them, amen? Mm-hmm. To God, I will always be as handsome as I once was. That's a good thing, amen? Or not. With God, he's decided he's going to keep what's good. And he's going to change what isn't. And God is infinitely creative. He's infinitely creative and he's thought of trillions and trillions of new things to do. So that we will never ever be bored for a trillion millenniums in heaven. People have asked me, Brother Bill, are we going to get bored in heaven? Just going to church all the time? It's going to be far more than that, my friend. It's going to be far more than that. The very thought of being loved forever as deeply and continually as a newlywed bride, now that should change who we are. The thought of being loved deeply and continually as a newlywed bride, that should make me eager to respond to God. The thought of being so deeply and continually loved as a newlywed bride, now friend, that should make me love him in return and to give him all I've got to give. Now, There is a good side, and there's a better side to God's unchanging love. The good side is this. God won't wake up one morning and decide he's had enough of me. I've heard marriages that end that way. Just woke up, and somehow things were different. But there's a better side to God's unchanging love, and as this, even when I wake up one morning and decide I've had enough of God, He still loves me. My love for you is unlimited. My love for you is unchanging. But your Father in Heaven also wants you to know that my love for you is uncomplicated. God loved the world. God gave His Son that whoever believes in Him will have everlasting life. You could study that thought for ages. You could write volumes of books on that one verse. And yet, a relationship with God would still be uncomplicated. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong, they are weak but he is strong. 
loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And as Forrest Gump said, that's all I have to say about that. My love for you is uncomplicated. Finally today, your Father in heaven wants you to know that my love for you is unconditional. The New Testament in the Bible uses a Greek word to describe the love of God, and that word is agape. Say agape. Very good. Agape describes the unconditional love of God. Agape is the word that describes the idea that God loves imperfect people in a perfect way. Agape. Say agape. God perfectly, completely, inclusively, and sacrificially revealed His agape to you through the life and death of His Son, Jesus Christ. It's no wonder that that message took off. It's no wonder that that message left Jerusalem and spread throughout the entire Mediterranean area so quickly. That message, it was a message that God loves everyone. It was a message that God loves everyone, not just one nation. Not just one people. Not just the folks of one language. No, God desires a relationship with every human being. And God desires to save every human being from the web of his or her own sin. And all he wants in return is this. Are you ready for this? All he wants from you is the joy of your fellowship. Nothing makes you happier from God's perspective than when you are communicating with Him from your heart. Nothing makes God any happier with you than when you have come to a place like this just to, to well up and to, to sing praises to His name, to relate to Him, to understand Him more deeply, to fellowship with Him. And that can happen out on the lake and it can happen in a building like this. But Sunday mornings return reserved for a time like this, amen? Not for fishing. God wants the joy of your fellowship. What a message! What a message! That message had never before been preached. That message never before existed. It was always about some religion. And now all of a sudden, it was about a relationship with Almighty God that was made possible through the Son of God on the cross. See, that, that message... That message of unconditional love, man, that just flies in the face of human nature. 
Human beings don't get that kind of message because they're used to loving conditionally. We only love people who we consider worthy. And if you treat me badly, chances are I'm going to treat you badly. And if you hate me, it's going to be very challenging for me to love you. But that's God's love, friend. That's God's love. And it's an unconditional love. God's love ain't nothing like human love. It's completely different. When a Christian looks at what Jesus has accomplished on the cross, you know what you see? You see God's unconditional love. It's a love for the utterly unworthy. God's conditional love for me, an utterly unworthy man. But God wanted to reveal his unconditional love for me. And he reveals his unconditional love for you. That kind of love don't come from a man. And that kind of love don't come from a woman. That's unconditional love. And only God would dare to love like that. But like any other form of love, for that love to be complete... That love has to be received. And today, you have an opportunity to accept the love of God, to receive forgiveness for everything you've ever done wrong. A clean slate, a brand new beginning, a fresh start. You have the opportunity to start over today. But not only that, you have the opportunity to offer God the joy of your fellowship for the rest of your life. The question is, will you accept the love of God? The love of God that's unchanging, it's uncomplicated, it's unconditional. What will you do with the love of God? Our Father in heaven, thank you for reminding me in your word how much you love me. Thank you for reminding my brothers and sisters this morning of how you absolutely adore them. But Lord, love can't be complete if it's just offered. No. Love has to be received. It has to be accepted too. So Lord, my prayer is this morning, as I've been contemplating the statistic that Billy Graham once said, that 80% of the people you preach to every Sunday do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't know how accurate those statistics are. But I think it would go without saying that there is someone in this building this morning that has not accepted the love of Christ, that has not placed their faith and trust 
in the revelation of your love, your son Jesus. And Lord, our prayer as the bride of Christ, as a church family, is that they will receive your love today. Lord, that is the only prayer we have at this time. Because our desire is, is that everyone be saved. That everyone have a relationship with you. And that everyone be in heaven with you when our days on earth are through. So now, Lord, I put my Bible down. And I'm going to quit speaking. And I'm going to ask you, Lord. I'm going to ask your Holy Spirit to whisper to every individual in this room to encourage them to make a decision to accept the love of God. This we pray in the name above all names, the only name we know that can bring the salvation of souls. His name is Jesus. And we pray this in his name. And all God's people said. Let's all stand and let's sing. Let's stand. I hear the Savior say.